This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. Welcome, everybody, to episode 25 of Ride the Pine, recording from the great state of Maine. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety and lots of doubt. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Kyle. Kyle, how's it going today? Hey, hey, my start, my uh, my start, my heart is still calming down from that late Sunday night game between the Saints oh, and the Eagles. <laughs> what a game that was, man. That place was going bonkers, weren't that, they? That was awesome. I love the adrenaline. I mean, the whole place was just shaking you know all the players on the sidelines are waving their arms and like it was mm-hmm. just like it was a they're raging it was awesome yeah no it was it was definitely a great atmosphere definitely the game of the weekend for sure it was um, even though it was like the tale of two halves like the eagles looked great in the first quarter first half and then the saints just kind of like stuck the game plan scored here and there and then took it over yeah, no, it really was a great weekend of football. Um, before we get into the rest of our uh, previews, um, well, actually our recaps, should I say, I wanted to mention a fun fact that came out late earlier today that Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, is going to be going into the NFL draft, which is pretty big news for a lot of those people who were in the top five picks for the for next year. Yeah. Um. I'm intrigued to see if one of them takes Murray in the top five or if he falls outside of the top five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems almost like a big risk, not risk, but like a, a big move to take him that early for someone that like just declared. But I mean, the guy's, you know, coming in hot right now. Yeah, no, he really is. I think he's definitely the hot quarterback in, um, if, especially for the draft. Uh, the question is, do someone like the Giants take him at six right that's almost perfect for them you know somebody they need someone like that that maybe kind of changes up their game that is out of like the super immobile style quarterback maybe they need someone that can kind of compliment Barkley a little bit better and you know and you know improvise a little bit yeah because I don't because realistically the Cardinals took a quarterback last year they're probably not going to do it again this year 49ers have Garoppolo the Jets have Darnold the Raiders still have Carr and they're probably going to stick with them the Buccaneers have Winston, so the next logical spot is the Giants, and they're at six. No, you're right. Yeah, seriously. What do we have right after there? Uh, the Jaguars at seven could be an option. Yep, right. There's a few teams that need them. Uh, the Lions at eight. The Bills won't do it at nine. Uh, maybe a team like the Bengals moves up to take Murray. Yep, that's true. That's an option. Uh Maybe the Dolphins, maybe the Redskins trade all the way up to get them. Yeah, there's I don't definitely know if Alex Smith is going to be ready next year. Yeah, there's some question marks in some of those teams, and you know, someone like uh, you know Dalton, they all like him there in Cincinnati, but you know, after a few years and they're not quite, you know, great, um, I could see them wanting to put some pressure on them and you know, give themselves you know another option. Yeah, no, I th- I think right now I think the most logical option is to go to the Giants at number six. Uh, I think the Giants they need that next quarterback because they haven't really drafted well at quarterback the past four right. or five years, and I think they need to make a change. I think they need to have their next piece of the puzzle. And I think Eli, if he's not done after this year. He'll probably have a year or two left. So they need to start getting a guide now. They need a guide now. Yeah. How exciting is that? If you're a Giants fan, you're about to get the, or not about to get him, but you know, this is guy coming in that just, you know, just uh, announced that he's going to be part of the draft and you're in like the ideal spot and you need a quarterback right now. That is, oh man, I'd be excited. Is it worth for the Giants to trade up or do they stay at six and hope that he doesn't get taken? Yeah, it's tough. I, I don't know how to play that because I don't know how these draft days work. I feel like some of the teams, you just know what's going to happen, and some of them are up in the air. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you need someone, you just make it happen. You, you don't hope it falls to you, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think you either, you either need to move up to make sure you get who you want moving forward, which can obviously change a lot over a decade, or mm-hmm. you say, hey, we're not going for him. 
let's go, you know, let's go, let's turn this way, you know, because I feel like that's a huge risk to take, especially where the football season isn't that far away that you need to be planning, you know, before the draft, you know, even so to have to, to, you know, to hope for them and then not even get them, I think really changes things. So I think if they want them, they might have to move up. Yeah, they might have to, they might have to move into the top five, which wouldn't be insurmountable for, I mean, some of these other teams who are ahead of them. Uh, to just move back a couple spots. Right, it's not but, too bad. You wouldn't have to give up too no. much, hopefully. No, it wouldn't be like one of those where they have to move back like 14 spots or something. It's, right, it's, yeah. It's different, I think. And um, this guy, man, he can't, what a season he had, huh? 42 really touchdowns, did. seven interceptions. He had a 69% completion rating, 4,300 yards passing. Yeah, he's he's no joke. That's awesome. And I believe he was either going to be a pitcher or an outfielder in, in the uh, in baseball, right? Which obviously means right there alone that he's got an arm. Yeah, I do wish he had a second year in college just to show it. I I just feel like that shows so much more and gives teams mm-hmm. more confidence. You know, I really wish he had another year of stats, but um, it'd be fun to see him play a senior year. Yeah, no, but he I, knows where that I, money's at. Yeah, he does. He he knows that the time is now because he doesn't want to, you know, go to another year of college and potentially get hurt or something. Yeah, because you never so, know. What's your opinion on this? I um, you know, he might or he thought about the MLB and now the NFL. Which one do you think he would have not more success and not what he likes more? But which one do you think would be financially a better decision for him? I think for me, I think uh, baseball was probably the better decision for him, in my opinion. Uh, reason financially. why he's financially, I think he would have had more stability, less of a chance of him getting hurt. Um, and I think for me personally, um, he he doesn't really have the size of a quarterback. If I'm being honest, um, I mean he's a little short, but I mean so is Drew Brees, and look how he does. Right. Um. But I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, he does have great stats, is this and that, but it is college. But he's also playing in one of the best college conferences outside of the SEC in the Big 12. Yeah. It's a really tough conference to play out of because you're playing not only, you know, it's Oklahoma, it's um, Ohio State, uh, it's Texas Tech, um, it's Texas. Well, is Texas in the Big 12? I believe they are. Yeah, not Ohio though. Ohio State is in. They're in the in, Big Ten. Oh, they're in the Michigan. Big Ten. Oh, with Michigan, that's right. Uh, but I mean, regardless, they play those teams throughout the year. I mean, they had a pretty tough schedule. And they, no, they have to they, prove it. Yeah, they they definitely. It's not like they're in the pa- the Mountain West, like Boise State, and just playing like some schlub like Appalachian State or something. So you know, I. I yeah, that's a good point. I do have to disagree, though. I think if you're if you're going after your most success as far as finance and career, it's the NFL um, because there's you know a very huge rookie contracts and sign on bonuses for the first round, especially if you're in the uh, in the in the top half of the first round, um, and you make the team and the end that you know the team has a has a spot for you what they what they want you to do and you have your chance to prove it and you know yes there's injuries and all that but MLB like you know you're talking he he could have three or four or five more years until he gets the chance in the pros you know um, you have to go through the different um, single double triple or whatever and you know there's such a risk I think and such a variable that could happen where you may not succeed and if you, if you don't put together good year after good year you might not make it to the big leagues. For the NFL, geez, you have a you have a hot year or two. You're at least going to make some good money. And you know, it also depends on the you know who you get drafted as, and like not only that, but what about the coach that you play under? Because if if you don't have a chemistry with your coach, then that's that's yeah. a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, that's a pretty good segue into our next topic, which was about the recent hirings uh, for head coaches in the NFL. Um, one that I really like, and I hope you agree with me, is actually one of Bridget's uh, favorite coaches uh, to have ever coached in the NFL, uh, Bruce Arians. I knew it. Came out of retire. He came out of retire. I don't know what it is, Kyle. I don't know if it's just how crazy the guy is, but ever since she watched that documentary on Amazon Prime 
uh, where they follow the t- each team is a d- uh, different season. Yeah, yeah. And I believe Arizona was, I think, the first or second season. And she watched that through and through and fell in love with the Cardinals. I don't know what it is. Yeah, those are awesome to watch, yeah. <laughs> and after watching that season with the Cardinals and seeing how Bruce Arian was as a coach, and then when she heard that he retired, she's like, I don't like the Cardinals anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't like that the, the Cardinals stunk or anything, which they did this year. It was the fact that Arians wasn't the coach there anymore. And so when I told her in the store the other day, oh, that he got hired as the coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, she was like, I think I'm a Buccaneers fan now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you're going to be a bandwagon coach loving fan? And she's like, yep. Um, yeah, I do funny. like the pick, though, because Winston needs to has some growing up to do. I think he has some issues in terms of um, in terms of his uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> help help me <laughs> um play calling decision making i don't know decision making it's his decision making no Both you're right on and off the field I mean, you just see the team in general they, they seem to be hit or miss and they're not they're not always performing to their best of their potential no i agree right you think they would be a little bit better and then they that disappoint you you know um, and with what they did with Especially, it, with the playoff, uh, the the quarterbacks this year bouncing back and forth, like this is not something Arians would do. No, Arians is gonna is the type of guy who'd stick with one. He has a bad week; he's not gonna flop to the other quarterback. He, he's gonna stick with the same guy. Be like, you know, you had a bad week. Go back, watch tape, learn from it, and then come back and try to improve. He's not gonna give up yeah. on a guy after one bad week, which it seemed like yeah. in Tampa Bay it was one week it was Fitzpatrick. Two weeks later, it's Winston. Then the next week, it's Fitzpatrick for another two weeks. And then it's Winston for the rest of the season. It's just like, pick one. Seriously, well, I think that's the case of like not looking ahead. I think good coaches plan ahead, and they have a plan B, and they have a backup plan. You know, And I think he, he'll, he'll know what's going to happen if Winston suffers for, for a few weeks. He's going to know what to do, but he's not just going to go, oh, let's sub him out. No, no, he has a game plan for if that happens to Winston, you know, so that way he can turn it around or fix them you know i think great coaches do that they they always have the backup plan for worst case scenario that way you're not sitting there going back and forth right and even though they didn't have the best season both uh tampa bay but i'm talking about another team your boys the 49ers Hmm. bethard had uh not bethard uh mullins had this one game where bethard was out hurt he came in he made the most of it and went nuts he went crazy and had a phenomenal game yeah. And instead of Shanahan being like, oh, Beathard's back healthy. We're going to bring him back in. Know what he says? No. Mullins, you had a good week last week. Let's let's see what you can do. He had right. a rough week the following week. He still stuck with him the third week. Said, all right, I'm going to give you another shot. See how you do. He had a bad week, and then they went back to Beathard. Yeah. And, and that's the type of coach that needs to be you know, in the NFL. It can't be a coach who's like, oh, you threw three picks. We're going to bench you. Yeah, it's right. Like, no, that, that that they don't learn from that. They don't learn anything from that. They don't gain anything from that. Yeah, I think it's going to go well in Tampa. I'm excited. I don't know what it is about Arians too, but I like him. Um, and I don't know if it's just his presence or how he carries himself, but man, he's had a track record. The guy has been around doing some coaching for a while. Um, and what I like is his experience he's had with like deep different position. Uh, coordinator. He's been offensive, tight end, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, uh, running back, and and then of course recently head coach. He's been a, he's been all around the offense, and I think that's yeah. really really helps for a head coach. Not just bringing someone in that did one year of coaching and then a bunch of assisting or whatever. No, this guy's been all over the field and he knows the positions well. Yeah, I think I think for me, I completely agree with you in that. Uh, Arians is the total package, I think, if, if you're looking for a, a really good head coach to turn a team around because he's versatile. He, he he knows each facet of the offense. He's decent at defense, but yeah. he's more of like an offensive guy. If like you look back at his stats back when he had Carson Palmer, like like when he was on a roll, and Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, David Johnson was put on the map by Bruce Arians. Right. He was the reason David Johnson ended up being a top four running back or top three running back for like two straight years in fantasy football. Yeah. 
But then as soon as Arians leaves, what happens to David Johnson's value? It goes down the crapper. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about him too. You just want to see what they're going to do. Or I, I want to mm-hmm. see what he's going to say if he's in an interview. Or I want to see what kind of schemes they put out there, you know? So I'm excited for yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think for me, the first thing that Tampa Bay needs in the next draft is a running back. They they need somebody in that backfield who's credible, who's a credible threat. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't think what they have there now is working. Uh, doing like Peyton Barber and uh, Jaquise Rogers and like those guys kind of rotating them. Right. It works for some teams, but it's not going to work for every team. No. Like the well, team right. that it works for the most is the Saints. You got Kamara and Ingram, but they find a good <laughs> yeah, balance between fair. the two of them because they're, yeah. they're freaks. They're unbelievable. Yeah, it's not talented. fair to compare. And that's something I think Tampa needs is like who they switch it between. Are, are the second tier or third tier running back. You know, Ingram or Kamara could be the first tier running back on any team, and they are. They're like a 1A and 1B, but like they don't have, they have the complimentary guy, you know? Um, so they still need to find that like lead person, the true you know, lead person, you know? Because you got in, L- in the LA Rams, they got Gurley and CJ Anderson, who just recently kind of had a coming out party. Uh, you got, uh, the L.A. Chargers got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Oh, they, yeah. Um, you know, the Patriots, James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkhead. You got a three-headed yeah. monster. And uh, they're and all they're very not, different. That's the thing. You know, in Tampa, yeah, they're, they're all just all, kind of okay. Yeah. I, I, I'd go, I wouldn't even go as okay. They're mediocre for me at best. I mean, yeah. if I was looking for a running back in a bye week for one of my guys, I'm avoiding Tampa Bay like the plague. I, I didn't think they were that good, if I'm being honest. Right. Um, but one head coaching hire that I thought was a little questionable was uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, speaking of Bruce Arians and the Cardinals, yeah. Uh, they hired former Texas Tech coach Cliff Kingsbury, and he's 39, so I think he's like in the top five or six youngest head coaches in the NFL. Yep. But he's replacing a guy who was only there for one year. Yeah, we went over this before. I don't get it. Some of these bad teams, you know, go through players or coaches, whatever it might be, and they come and go quickly. And then that those teams tended not turn it around that much. Obviously, the Cardinals have had a few successful years, but in general, they're like a middle to lower team. Well, geez, bringing in a coach and then getting rid of him that next year isn't usually going to fix it. <laughs> it's shown in the past. Shown in the past that teams that do this are the ones that are in the bottom. They're they're just rotating through through coaches, and they're doing that now. And then bringing this guy in that I don't think has the kind of resume you'd want to bring to a team to turn it around. No, the only thing that his claim to fame is is I got two words for you, Patrick Mahomes. That's the only right. claim to That's fame true. he yeah, has. Of course. It's the only claim to fame he has. He was fired by Tech he was fired by Texas Tech on Thanksgiving after seven seasons with the team. And then he was hired by USC, uh, University of Southern California, to be their offense coordinator on December fifth, and then ended up backing out of that to be the Cardinals head coach. Right. See, we like forget when we think of football, it's like on this big iconic stage. But like picture this in the workforce, right? You know, the head coach is is the is the supervisor that you're hiring. So you and your you, you and your or let's say it's you and I we're on a team, and our supervisor, our head coach, we get a new one, and we have a really bad fiscal year. We don't we don't make a lot of money, whatever. We don't hit our standards, so they get rid of that boss after after one year, right? And we weren't even great before; we were pretty good, and then they bring in another supervisor that has never been a supervisor. On our level of business. But they're bringing him in after getting rid of one for one year. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. No. You know? it, it, th- like, there's no this logic is his first time it. head coaching in the NFL. I don't get it. Yeah. And, and he replaces yeah. someone that also didn't get a chance either. <laughs> yeah. And, and my thing is, is that besides, you know, the whole giving him a chance type thing, the thing for me that bothers me is... A lot of the times, hiring college coaches right after they're done being a coach in college to bring them to the NFL, I think is a mistake. And the reason why is, look what happened to Chip Kelly. It's a whole different world. 
Chip Kelly went from Oregon when he, where he was right. best one of the best college coaches next to Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. He yeah. goes to the NFL, stinks a big one, basically ruined the Philadelphia franchise for like three years because of all the people he traded away, like LaShawn McCoy uh, and just just a number of other people. And then next thing you know, he gets booted. He goes back to college. Oregon doesn't want him. And then he goes to UCLA and brings in one of their first losing seasons in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Some coaches just are made for the NFL and some are made for college. And it's just, it's a different I, world. Sometimes they can I, cross over. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, Kyle, and I hope you agree with me, is the fact that sometimes these NFL franchises and owners see these shiny objects and college football coaches and they're like "Ooh, this guy's got a lot of hype around him yeah we're gonna hire him and and hope he brings the same fire and then it's a dud and and it just doesn't work it works for some like why do you think nick saban's been in the in college football after he left miami he he used to be the miami dolphins head coach he was right and he was kind of a bum you know and he went back to college he left went to alabama and he's been there for how long what 15 years, if not longer, something along those lines. Or 10 years, yeah. yeah. I don't know, 10, 12 years maybe? Jeez, time flies. But but, but but if you think about it, like, and he and he's had plenty of offers. Like, he's won multiple national championships, yep. and he's had offers to be head coach in the NFL, and he says, no, I'm good. Yep. You know, I think there's only one coach who it worked for who went from college to be a great head coach in the NFL. Pete and Carroll. Was Pete Carroll. <laughs> you and I thought right. of the same person. Yeah, we he sure did. He's the yeah. only one. He's the only one. And you know what's funny? When for. he came there, I don't think it was the first year or two was a little bit rocky. And I'm like, oh, it's one of those. I didn't have this quite a complex of, of thoughts about it, you know, years ago. But I remember thinking, oh, he was like really good in college, right? I don't think he's going to be very good now. Well, he but, was but also he made the offense. He was also the offense. The, the thing that was different, though, I think for him is what needs to happen to a lot more of these college coaches Rather than bringing him right from being a head coach in college to being a head coach in the NFL, bring him into the NFL as yep. a coordinator. Offense, right. defense, special teams, running back, quarterback, something yep. like that. That's a great point. S- start start him there wasn't and he under then Holm- build him up to be a head coach. Wasn't he under Holmgren in Seattle? Uh, no, he was under Belichick in, in New England. Oh, I thought he went. He, I thought he was a he, coordinator. He, he was in Seattle. He was the offensive oh, coordinator yeah, yeah. for Belichick in New England, and then he went to be the offensive coordinator in Seattle under Holmgren. You were right, but then once Holmgren retired, yes, perfect. what happened? They hired with then, and they they brought him up. And that is what so many teams need to do. Just like I I, I use this example of real business. If you and I are the employees, and we have the supervisor. And you get rid of one or whatever, you know, turn to your assets inside your business to hire a supervisor before you just bring in a supervisor from some other district that isn't right. even doing the same business we're doing because it's a lower level. And then you want them to perform on this new level. You know, it's almost like that's a great point. You say, like, I think a Chip Kelly, he should have came in as an offensive coordinator somewhere because he was killer yeah. in offense, right? He was a guru. He was. And he could have been great for. I don't know, Sean Payton on the Saints maybe or whoever, you know, like finding somewhere to ass- to be an assistant or an offensive coordinator and then maybe make the jump. Nick Saban could be a great defensive coordinator and then maybe made the jump. Yeah, I'd even go so far as to uh, – actually, no, you're right. I think I'd put Saban as a defensive coordinator, uh, bring him in somewhere where they need help on defense, where they have the pieces, but, you know, they just need that someone who's, yeah, what are they who's got a creative in? mindset. Yeah, because he's he's not really an offensive guru. It's just like he has uh, coaches around him who gets snatched right. up. Just kind of how like in the NFL when teams are doing really well, like the Saints and the and at one point the Packers and the Patriots and the Chiefs. Where do all these other franchises look? Not just the head coach because they think oh they're not going to get rid of their head coach. They're not going to dump Sean Payton or Bill Belichick or one of those guys. They instead look at their middlemen. Their offensive coordinators, their defensive coordinators, why they get kind of like sniped here and there. Like defensive coordinator for the uh, for the Patriots is going to be the new head coach of I can't remember where, but he's going to be the head coach of another team in the NFL, and they're bringing in yep, exactly. uh, Greg Schiano into New England. He's going to be the new defensive coordinator. Right. Uh, that's the talk after the season's done, but I do have some breaking news for you, my friend. I do have the Bleacher Report app. Uh, Antonio yeah. Brown is the is favored heavily 
to land in San Francisco next season. Imagine that. You said he was favored? You... As in, the, they said the betting odds are like yeah, yeah. heavily favored he that he's going to land. That he's going to land in San Fran. It's becoming even more real. He's, he's going to be traded. Um, I, oh, I thought yeah. it was he, kind of a risk he, before because the team in general and the town, everyone, everyone's behind that star player. They love it. But, wow, he might be gone. Well, first he, he tweeted out the photo of him shaking hands with the president of the Steelers, basically saying it was a good run. Yeah. And that was it. Wow, yeah. Then he removed the Steelers from his bio on Instagram and Twitter. I didn't know that. And, <laughs> Such yeah, a drama that happened, queen. That happened yesterday, and I was like, are, okay. are you five years old? Not that's like when that. you get it's fired from a job and you remove it from your bio, like completely. And that's it's fine. Like, I mean, sure, go ahead if you're fired, but he's still on the team. Right. That's and that's stupid. the other thing. He wasn't even, he wasn't even fired. <laughs> he's, he's still on the team. He's just like, uh, no, I'm taking you out of the bio. I'm done. Right. Um, right. Yeah, no, I, I think he's gone. I think he better turn his act around before he becomes the great receiver that was like, had this big butt, you know, like a big if. Like he's he better he better straighten up I hope because the guy obviously can make his mark and he already has but he needs to continue to and he doesn't want to be the player that everyone's like ah he was great except you know but think think about this for a second before we get to our uh, not only our preview of the conference championships but our recap from last weekend but how about if he was on the 49ers, you have Jimmy Garoppolo you have George Kittle. Oh. You have Jarek McKinnon, oh. and then you add Antonio Brown. Keep talking to dirty that to mix, me, Daddy. Oh, for God's sakes! Oh, that sounds nice. Oh my! He'll God. look good in the I, Bay Area. He needs some nice weather. Maybe he's just grouchy about that. Maybe he's grouchy about playing in crappy weather for a while. Uh, 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 you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And not only that, I'd actually become a, a borderline 49ers fan. It'd be fun to see what it, happens, right? I would love to see Garoppolo with some with some targets other than George Kittle because George Kittle is just a f- freak. But hey, you know, I mean, Goodwin's no joke. He could really use no. him. he could use you know some mentoring from someone like Antonio Brown if he was to go about it the right way. Like that could yeah. be a great that he could really develop a receiving core there. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I, I would love to see him in the Bay Area, and I know a. Couple of my primos out there in California, my cousins would love to see him in San Francisco. I think that would be that would be great. Um, yeah, but so overall, hey, I got to mm-hmm. mention too. One of my least favorite moves this offseason that I thought was kind of, you know, kind of a sideways step, but it very is very fitting for this team would be Adam Gase going to the Jets. I just don't. I just didn't get that one. The guy has like a sub five hundred record he doesn't have a lot of coaching experience as far as like what the jets need and then they made the move to this guy i don't see i don't know what it is they see in him with this guy without a resume or a negative resume well granted for me todd bowles was a defensive coordinator in arizona back when arians was there and he they had a great defense he was phenomenal he had i think maybe one decent season in new york and then it kind of just went downhill. He just like didn't get didn't doesn't have the talent and this and that. But you just drafted Sam Darnold. You know, you have some good pieces. Granted, there are a bunch of people who got hurt in uh Jets land. Yep. But but Gase isn't that much of a better option. No, right. I mean the what what they have is that if they're focusing on offense, then yes, his history's been there. The past few years he's been Offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, receiver coach, whatever. You know, he's been around on the offense. Mm-hmm. So as long as that clicks, like they have to they have to count on that. Um, even if that happens, their defense still needs to be fixed. So I I think for me the the problem that I have with it is like it's like going from a two dollar box wine to a three dollar box wine. It's like you're not it's not much of an improvement. And yeah, or you just went to a different store to get the same wine. Or yeah, that like it's like you get a two dollar wine. You're like, ah, oh, no, let's switch it up and go get the same two dollar wine in a different store. Yeah. It it just oh no, yeah. well it's more expensive wine, so I spent two dollars more, but I saved two dollars in gas, so it's basically a wash. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> Good job, Jets. Keep it up, buddies. Uh, uh man. Uh, 
And then not, not only that, but wasn't Gase just hired as the Dolphins head coach like last year or two years ago? Yeah, he had three years there, technically. And he just gave up on that, too. And they had a decent season. No, it's true. You're right, yeah. I just, I, I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense. But um, what do you think? Uh, I think for, uh, for you and I can both agree that the Saints-Eagles game was game of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Unbelievable game. That that pick at the end, poor Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, the guy's got to feel uh, horrible. He was bumming. Yeah, that was, you know, but I thought what was cool, he was, man, I can only imagine his feeling. And he laid in the field for a minute, and then he got up and he stood on the sideline. He didn't go and mm-hmm. soak on the bench. He didn't cover himself with a towel or whatever. He stood there and he took it. And what was a cool, classy move, like Foles came over to him and, he, you know, he was saying something to him. And you know it was something along the lines of, hey, doesn't matter, you know. Because yeah. basically, like, what what do you do? He knows he missed it, but who cares, man? It's a team game. Like, Foles also didn't get him down the field the whole second half, you know? But, right. my God, I can only imagine how that feels. And he's a, he's, he's a cool dude, you know? I, I, I like Jeffrey, so that was that was tough to see. Yeah, and definitely was. You know, I, I feel for him, definitely, but... Um, that Saints, was a good storyline, too, man. It was, yeah. like, defending champs, like... I know you were confused by me yesterday because you're like, who are you rooting for? I, I was just high <laughs> off of really football, was. man. I was like, I'm just like, the Saints are like, you know, kind of the sweetheart of the NFL. Like, everyone loves New Orleans. Like, what they've, you know, everyone talks about what they've gone through over the years and what Drew Brees has done for that city and just the, the run they're making and the passion they have. And then here comes Philly, like, you know, gritty Philly that people either love or hate. And they eked into the playoffs surprised the bears about to beat the saints like it was just a great story it was but um i'm happy the saints moved on me too uh, i really i'm a big fan of drew Brees. i've i've drafted him pretty much in every fantasy football league i've been in for the last five years uh he he's an awesome awesome quarterback both in fantasy and in real life he is yeah. and i've heard he's also just a very stand-up guy yeah, he's no, a cool dude for sure. De- definitely somebody we're going to miss here in this league in a few years. Yeah, it's going to be a shame when he goes. And what's crazy is, if you think about it, in a couple of years, we could be without Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, and Big Ben. Yeah. It, all six of those quarterbacks might, might be on their way out. Yep, no, it'll be ch- the change of the ties for sure. Yeah, and I mean, what's going to happen in the NFL when those guys go? I know guys like Garoppolo, guys like uh, Mahomes, guys like Goff and Prescott—they got to like step up and be like the next like big name guys. Yeah, there's still some good personalities. Everyone likes you know everyone. Everyone likes themselves. Some Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I think, has definitely more uh, years behind him or ahead of him. Uh, as opposed to some of these other guys I just mentioned. Like, I think Big Ben's done after this year. I think he's got one more year left. He might left. be, yeah. I think yeah. Eli's got one year left. Um, Brady's probably got two or three left. Uh, Rogers probably got two or three. Breeze has probably got about four, and I'd say Wilson probably has about five. Borderline four. Really? Wow. I'm going to put, I'm, I think Russell's got a good six, seven years for sure. And then we yeah. got Andrew Luck. He's around. Yeah. So yep, you still got it's, it's funny. Luck. I mean, just, as soon as you think you lose some of those big names, a few replace them. You know, and then you still got like Mariota. Yeah. You know, you yeah, have yeah, Sam yeah. Darnold just came into the league. Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. You got like a bunch of the uh, Lamar Jackson. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, but speaking of uh, Lamar Jackson and and those guys, what about uh, the Pats Chargers game? Yeah, that was crazy. I, don't know what to uh, I say. was not. I was. I, I. I'm kind of speechless. Also, I. I was not expecting that game to be as flat as it was from the Chargers. And it, now, was it that the Chargers didn't come prepared, or was it that the Patriots came the, more prepared and just knew what to expect? I mean, based on that game and that score, I mean, you got to say they were unprepared or underprepared. But I. I just think it was. It was just easy for me to say. But it was. It seemed like dumb planning. I mean, they put a bunch of defensive backs in there and thought they were going to, what, stop Brady from throwing his 20 and 30-yard passes. Newsflash, they don't usually play that game anyway. They 
go to Edelman or Hogan over the middle and they have their running backs out of the flat and James White will kill you. And that's just what they allowed. And they kept allowing it over and over. I think the problem that they, uh, like, I agree with you. I think it it was very underprepared. I think what they tried to do, they're, they're trying to be cute and play like a zone defense. And if you go back and look at Tom Brady's stats against zone defense, he he shreds, he shreds zone defense. When it's man to man and it's press coverage, he has a very tough time. If they had played press coverage against these receivers, like they took away Gronk, great, took away Gronk. He hasn't but, had a catch in like yeah, four right. weeks. He hasn't done it anyway. But yet you leave guys like Dorsett, you leave guys like Hogan, you give, you leave Edelman open. They're, they're going to torch just Edelman. you. No one else did anything. The receivers I mean, had Dors- what three or four catches, and that's it. It was all Edelman and James White. They they gave him everything. The only thing they yeah, had to do was shut those two down, and they kept giving it yeah. to him. And Dorsett had a touchdown. But, I mean, 40 yards. It didn't kill him. What killed him was Edelman and White combining for 200. What about Sony Michelle running for over 100 right. yards and three touchdowns? Yeah, because they, they commanded the ball, but I just don't get it. A game like that, you come in, you guard James White. The, all the games the Pats have lost this year when White doesn't get many yards. Simple as that. All their losses, yeah. yes, 40 yards or less. Simple. So they See, let him get it over and over again. That two-headed monster, though, with White and Michelle, it's a dangerous combo. Yep. It really is. Um, I just think that the Pats got to be favored going into Kansas City, which is kind of crazy to think. But at the same time, Kansas City is no slouch. They had a pretty decent showing against the Colts. Like I was expecting the Colts to put up more of a fight than they did, but... Right, so I Man. I took the I know I picked the Chargers, but I definitely figured you know not surprised the Patriots win. They're very good. Like I said, they just know how to win in the playoffs, and if they are in the Super Bowl, I said I would not be surprised, and I'm still not surprised. Um, but I am surprised the Chiefs looked as good as they did against Indy. I thought for sure they would show up better, so they made a good statement, which definitely leads some good momentum going into this game, and being an Arrowhead will definitely help. Yeah, and um. You know, momentum's uh, very much a key thing. And I think what's key here is uh, the Chiefs scored on their first three drives. The Rams scored on their first three drives. And the Patriots scored a touchdown on their first five drives. Right. That, that's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Five five straight de- drives with the score? Yep. That's Kills pretty it. impressive. Um, I will say this. I'm not surprised that the Rams uh, beat up the Cowboys. Granted, the Cowboys got a a garbage touchdown at the end. But, man, Aaron Aaron Donald, uh, I had said this last week. If he shows up, it's game over for the Cowboys. And, boy, did he show show up in a big way. Yeah, and sometimes when the Cowboys show up, it's game over, too. They they just – I mean, I'm so not surprised the Rams took it to them. I just that that made sense. I knew it was going to happen, you know. Um, that they look strong. They definitely established that run, which will be huge against New Orleans. I'm excited to see this. We were hoping for the one-two matchups, and we got both of them. Um, yeah, I don't know what you're looking at for the NFC game. Your keys to it, but yeah, I think the key is like uh, the the run game for for the Rams if yeah. they can establish it. Because with, with Gurley and C.J. Anderson, they won't get tired. Gurley is a workhorse by himself. So if they get Anderson in there. That's huge. And then, of course, Goff, when needed, needs to step up. And then for the Saints, it's kind of establishing their run, but like utilizing their running backs as a dual threat. That always opens up Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think the key in that game uh, for both sides, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jared Goff for the Rams, uh, mainly because, you know, I could say Aaron Donald, but I said it last week. But Goff needs to show up and play. Like, he needs to go out and start tossing the ball around. But he still obviously needs to utilize the run game because having the combination of Gurley and Anderson right now looks like lethal. But I then know. you look on the other side of the ball and you got Ingram and Kamara. And it's like, uh, well, who do I choose here? You like, know these running backs are liking this. You, you know they're it, loving it, this battle. It's definitely a, a, like an even playing field, I think, with the yeah. running backs right now. Because, I mean, Anderson, granted, you know, not on the same level as like an Ingram or Kamara. But he's taking enough heat off of Gurley that it's making them a threat. And it and it's going to be interesting to see which running game prevails. Um, oh, I'm excited both, for that. 
Because both teams have good run defense. No, Rams got a good run D, and the Saints got a good run D. Uh, yeah. So the question is, that's why I'm saying Goff needs to show up. He needs to start slinging the ball and utilize guys like Robert yeah, Woods and Brandon right. Cooks. He has to. I'm excited. The running backs are going to be fun to see because, I, I, I mean, they're going to go into this like, hey, like, you know, Ingram and, and Kamara, like, we, we got to top Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Like, it's going to be like those personal battles they have in the playoffs. Like, they want to outdo the other running backs, plain and simple. And Gurley, yeah. like, man, he's not gonna he's not gonna go second anybody. Like that's gonna yeah, be. And- I cannot wait to see those guys pounded out. Yeah, for for me, I think win winner of this game is a team that dominates a run game. And I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think I like the combination of Kamara and Ingram more than I do Gurley with Anderson. Oh, me too. I, I mean, could- they're a little bit more versatile when it comes down to it. You know, Kamara can go into the receiver position and, even better than and the, for the me, other three. You know. And- and for me, if I'm picking a quarterback between the two, you you can't pick against Breeze. You can't. Breeze yeah, yeah, is the a wily backs, veteran who's won the Super Bowl. Right. You you can't bet against them. You really you I just mean, can't. And in general, like New Orleans running game is just they can catch more out of the backfield. The Rams are good at it, but not not the same. And, and you know they they put Kamara Bath in punt returns or whatever. You know they're they're literally very versatile. So they probably have maybe the upper hand there. But it depends, right? It depends. If there's any kind of uh, special team scores or turnovers that could really swing it quickly, but when in need, I would trust New Orleans offense for pushing the ball downfield. Goff's a really mm-hmm. good quarterback because he has Gurley to take pressure off of him. You know, so I, exactly. You know, I'm not counting on 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 Goff if it, if it's a shootout back and forth. He can do that against Kansas City because their defense stinks. But New Orleans is pretty serious, and that that will be as hostile as it can be. Aside from being an Arrowhead, would be being in the Louisiana Superdome. Like that should be that should be roaring. And so, I, I would so, count so on who Brees. are you picking? I'm taking Saints. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking Saints for sure. I there he's just his experience. He's been there. That helps. He makes a little bit better throws. Uh, Goff is like smooth. The, the guy is good. But like I said, if I if I need a few drives put together. It's Breeze over Goff. You know, Goff mm-hmm. needs some running back pressure, uh, you know, to I mean, take it off of him. I mean, because if you think about it, Breeze was down 14 nothing in the third quarter. Or, sorry, in the second quarter. Yeah. And he came back and got 10 points before the end of the half. Right. And then you're saying to yourself, uh-oh, it's game now. And then yep. next thing you know, 10 unanswered, game over. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely – I kind of that. So, I'm taking um, – the Saints, I, I I give the running game the edge too. Um, the receiving core, I do give to the Rams. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're just a little bit deeper. You know, Thomas is the best receiver on the field, but the Rams definitely can get the can get the catches and run the routes a little better. Uh, and then defense, cheese uh, is pretty much a push. Yeah, for me, defense is definitely a push. But if I had to give um, an edge to anybody defensively. I'd go with the Saints, and this is the reason why. The uh, corner, the corners on the Rams, specifically one specific player, Aqib Talib, too many pelties, and right. that that play where uh, Aqib Talib, I think he pushed like Cole Beasley like out of the end zone, or was it Amari Cooper out of the end zone when the ball hadn't even been thrown yet? And I'm saying to myself, as a veteran corner. You should know better than to do that, and especially in the playoffs. Like, if it was a regular season, like week four, that it's not a big deal. When you're a game away from the NFC Championship, that's a big deal. Yeah, seriously. He's always had those, you know, kind of you know, discipline or, like, kind of inconsistent mistakes. The guy definitely has done that. Yeah, I just think the Saints are more disciplined. Yeah. Uh, you know, very rarely do they get penalized. Very, very rarely. So I overall I think defensively and just like discipline wise that you got to give the edge to New Orleans. Plus, you know they um, want to take another team photo in the end zone like they do. You know they want another oh, one of those. They definitely I want love those, one, especially at home. <laughs> oh man, it's funny. So what about the AFC, oh. we got Chiefs hosting the Patriots. Um, I don't know where to what to say about the offense. I don't know who I favor. I, I, I favor the, the Patriots. Probably the Patriots only because their defense you're going against is probably not that hard. And I think Belichick loves this. He loves this. Oh, what do we have to do? Okay. We need to isolate Mahomes. Sure. Done. You know, and they're, they're, he's probably going to do it. Granted, it's not the same, but look what they did to rivers. 
they frustrated the hell out of them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And if their defense can show up the way they did this past weekend, I think the Patriots win this one, uh, I'd say, by a touchdown or two. Maybe yeah. like 10 by 10. I mean, I, I thought the Chargers had a good chance to beat him, and now that they mm-hmm. didn't, I do think the Patriots now have a better chance to beat the Chiefs, you know? Um, yeah, I and plus, you know, the Pats played the Chiefs early in the season, but granted that when they played him that earlier in the season, they p- played against Kareem Hunt, exactly. and that was a completely different ball game. and we've said this for weeks now. This team, the Chiefs, is not the same without Kareem Hunt. Right. They don't have that established, solid running game. Damian Williams is a good running back, but he's not Kareem Hunt. He's no Kareem Hunt. No, he's not, but he's looking sharp, and he's good enough, you know, that he could do some damage against the Patriots' defense. So, again, this might be the key to this game would be can they control the ball and, you know, put pressure on the Pats' defense and tire them out with the run. They need to keep – they can't keep giving Brady short fields. You can't give him – you know, a quick three and out in the ball back. Like they, they've got to keep them off the field. They got to keep the score close. If the Chiefs are under pressure, I mean, Mahomes is like smooth. He's smooth as and calm as can be. But if they get if they get down early, like ah, it's not going to be pretty. I think for me, the key to this game is for the Chiefs. They need to neutralize Michelle or White or somehow both, and make Brady throw the ball. But. Your only caveat to that is, is if you neutralize the run game, you think about Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman. You got Gronk still out there. Yeah, he hasn't had the best season. Yeah, he hasn't done very much on offense as of late. But if they can somehow find a way to take away a couple people on the Pats offense, I know Brady's going to find a way, but it will make the game a lot tougher for Brady if they can do that. No, I mean you're right. I mean that's just it. I, I think it's I think you do just what was successful for them. Go after White and try to shut down the run game. Let them try to beat you with Hogan and 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 Gronk and play tight pressure, you know, tight defense. Don't give them the five yards that Brady needs to make the little passes with the catch and the run. Right. You know, like at least shut down Michelle and James White. And then see see where they have to do that, you know. But don't don't give them what they've been successful at, <laughs> you know. Like you said, at least no. Brady will probably still beat him either way on you know on the offensive side of the ball. But like at least make him make it harder. <laughs> you know, you know, because granted, yes, Mahomes won a playoff game. Fantastic, good for him. He won against Andrew Luck. He hasn't had a lot of experience in the playoffs. You're now going up against one of the most winningest duos, and I'm talking about Brady and Belichick, in the playoffs. Yeah, no, pressure's on, man. And Kansas City, I think for, yeah. they're not very nice. I mean, if you don't do well, they're not going to love you. No, I, I just think this is a uphill battle for Mahomes, and I think this could be um, either his coming out party. Yes, he had a coming out party like this year. People were like, oh, seventh round, you take Mahomes, that's a risk, and then look how it turned out. Um, but coming out party in terms of how yeah. does he do with the pressure? I mean, this can would be a handle it? game if he can do this. this would right. Be, can this he, be can he handle it? Yeah. Can he handle it, or will he crumble? And how that's funny is question. this? Poor guy. He comes in, and everyone loves him because he's pretty much got him over the hump from what KC usually is, you know? Right. But – now it's like pressure's on. You had to keep it going. Otherwise, it's just like any other year, <laughs> you know? Like, Granted, geez. though, the, the the final score of the game earlier this year is what tells the story for me. 24 to 20. It was a very close game. But again, Chiefs were a different ball club. Patriots were a different ball club. They, their defense wasn't that, that good early on in the season. And they're now hitting their stride. The Chiefs' defense has kind of taken a downturn, and then they lose Kareem Hunt. I think they're both very drastically different ball clubs, and we're going to see what happens on Sunday because this is going to be very interesting. But oh, I think sure. I'm going to—I'm definitely going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, you were referencing that game. The final score was forty-three forty, though, right? Forty-three to forty. I knew Isn't it was that sick. They went back uh, and forth. I, I don't know if it'll be that exciting this time. But I do think it'll. It's not going to be, you know, ten to thirteen. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to say twenty-seven twenty Patriots. Yeah, I, I I had to give I had to give the Chiefs um, the edge in the, you know the receiver tight end the the, the air game. I'm not I'm not saying I would pick Mahomes over Brady, but I think they they're going to have a better 
better chance downfield, uh, especially with, you know, Hill's obviously a game changer. Um, I give the Pats, you know, the edge for the running game just simply because of James White. Michelle's pretty good and all, but like they could shut him down, but they, they probably can't get them both, you know? So I give them yeah, that. It's going to be one or the other. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and if they're, if the Chiefs are worried about, if they're down, uh, you know, need to come, you know, need to come back and Brady's putting together one of these kind of time consuming drives, it's going to kill him. You know? Yeah. Um, I will. You know, got to give the energy and the atmosphere to, to KC, obviously, <laughs> where they're at home. Um, and the defensive edge, probably to the Patriots because of Belichick, you know? And overall coaching, almost a push, but probably, you know, you, you got to obviously give Belichick a little bit of an edge. But, um, yeah, I mean, geez, Reed made, he makes some good calls as well. Um, I mean, Andy Reed is no slouch by any means. He's a really means, good coach. Yeah. And he's a, he's a very, very good coach. I know he's had enough but, disappointing season, but in general, he's dang good, you know? Um, I'm going to yeah. have to take the Patriots, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talk about a Super Bowl, though. Pat Saints. What yep. a Super Bowl that would be. And I can't think of the worst of these four possible matchups. I, I don't know what I would can't be the either. worst. You know? I mean, Rams, Patriots, you know, the, I, a decade and a half in in the making or two decades in the making if the Rams and Patriots go at it. Yeah, that'd I would be love awesome. to see Rams Chiefs rematch. Yep, exactly. Because that that's almost like that's like the new age of the NFL. These two teams are going to be good for a while, you know. So it's either so that, think, or it's the so, or it's the old pros is Breeze versus Brady. Oh man, or, I can't Br- pick or Breeze versus Mahomes. Yeah, Goff versus Brady. Goff versus Mahomes. I mean, you can't lose. You really right. can't. Yeah, it's definitely like it's either going to be the new age versus new age, or it's going to be you know. The old, you know, the old like greats versus each other, or it's going to be the whole new school versus old school. You know, um, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Ride the Pine. Thank you so much for everybody for joining us. Um, we're very excited to, uh, you know, be covering this, and uh, you know, we only got uh, this episode, and then probably one or two more before the Super Bowl, and then it's going to be. A lot of uh, debates going on between Kyle and I, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, these conference um, championship games are going to be great. We, I know, Dan, I don't want to speak for you, but we'd love to hear some input for some people for sure. It'd be, it'd be cool to see where they're standing on this and what they think is the game changer. Yeah, uh, make sure to reach out to us on uh, social media, at, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ride the Pine Pod. Uh, in the coming uh, couple days, uh, our own Kyle Hersey is going to be taking over our social media accounts. Uh, so if you want to message him on there, feel free to do so, uh, or you can message us both, but most likely Kyle, cause he's, he knows the social media better than anybody I know. Yeah. And if we, and if we don't like what you have to say, we'll just delete your comment. Yeah. We can do that. And, uh, <laughs> just, just block you. Just toxic. It's just toxic. But if it's uh, good enough, we might just have to put out a little bonus episode pre Super Bowl to talk about it. Yeah. You never know. So make sure to reach out to us. Um, And again, thank you for listening. Uh, Check us out on social media, and we'll see you next time.